Hello and welcome to the Van Ryan Compliance Podcast, a show that secures the future of your business with a clear plan to reduce your risk. I'm your co-host, Rob. And I'm Dawn. And today we're going to talk to our legendary penetration tester, James Kashavos, the owner of Tetsu Enterprises. And we're going to talk the ins and outs of the penetration testing and why you need one to secure your business. All right. Hi, James. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really think legendary is is pushing it quite a bit, but... (laughs) Well, we think you are, so go with it. (laughs) We're we're all legends in our own mind. Come on, James. Yeah, there we go. I wish I had that level. And of you're the oh. you're the legend that the first first guest to break uh, our podcast True. platform. So this is take two for the people that don't you know. know. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's part of my nature, you know. I'm a tester. I got to break things. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> ethical ethical test. It was a very ethical test. It was just <laughs> yeah. an unfortunate. One. <laughs> I've never seen Chrome die. <laughs> it just died. <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Well, anyway, let let's start off by um, introducing. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, you to our listeners, James, and uh, and then we're going to go into what is penetration penetration testing, if I can talk, <laughs> and the different types of penetration tests. All right. Well, uh, I'm James Cashfos. I uh, own Tetsu Enterprises. Uh, most and I spend essentially the vast majority of my time doing penetration tests, at least from a, on the technical side, I should say. Um, so that's yeah, and that's what I do. As far as what a penetration <laughs> test is, <laughs> lost my thought. Lost train of thought there. Cut that one out. <laughs> yeah, um, as far as what a penetration test is, it's really just kind of a. Um, it's not honestly that far off from your normal type of, uh, you know, QA or software testing. Um, it's just a different mindset, you know, kind of brought to that, and, it, and a bit of a different skill set. Because mm-hmm. um, you're you're you know still looking for, uh, you know, problems, you know design flaws, you know, misconfigurations, that sort of thing. Um, but instead of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of coming at a perspective of what will cause problems for my users, you're coming at it from a perspective of, I'm an attacker, how could I get access to something in your, you know, environment? You know, how could I attack you in some way? Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of different types of uh, pen tests. Well, more than a couple, I should I should be clear. There's a, quite a few. <laughs> but there's a, there's a few that we, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. we really kind of focus on. Um, Network is a big one, so that's where you know um, you're targeting your actual uh, you know hosts and systems. You know whether those be exposed to the internet or internally. Um, there's kind of two separations mm-hmm. there. You've got your you know like I said your external targets, so um, your external penetration tests. That's mostly targeting kind of what devices you have exposed to the internet. So that might be web servers. That might be you know a, mm-hmm. a, you know you might have a VPN server exposed. You might have some miscellaneous you know management services exposed essentially that would just be kind of targeting mm-hmm. those um, anything i can access in your environment from the internet um would be the target there um internal you kind of look at that internal perspective of things so like what happens if somebody gets into that network so let's say you're in an office and you host you know a bunch of servers you got a bunch of you know user pcs that sort of thing um mm-hmm. let's say somebody did get access to that network what kind of damage could they do from that perspective um, so those are the two different kind of main types of network testing um, that I do a lot. Um, web application and mobile application testing are also um, something that comes up a lot, especially recently. Um, they're similar in a lot of ways. There are some you know critical differences. Obviously, mobile applications, you kind of actually have to tear apart the application on the phone, whereas uh, web application testing, there's none of that. But a lot of that deals with web traffic between the client and the server, so you know, between the browser mm-hmm. and the, um, and essentially the application server, you know, and the mobile, in that case would be the app, 
and the um, server on the other side there. And so that's a lot of just kind of poking around HTTP and seeing what you can break there. Yep. Um, yep. And why, you know, why is a penetration test so critical? You know, in, in the compliance world, we're, we're looking at, you know, policies and procedures and we do audits and we're looking at gaps and we're looking at holes. And we do ask our clients, you know, have you had a penetration test in the last 12 months? Um, is there a requirement by law? No. However, um, if you don't know what doors are open, right, to your environment, then you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah, give me some examples. Why is a pen test so critical to secure yeah, a business? So, so like I mentioned, it's you can think of it in some ways as being pretty similar to the need for QA. Uh, you know, so so like you've got to okay. be releasing a product, you need to know if there is, you know, flaws in it. Um, this is, a, if at a basic level, it's that similar thing, but in this case, can I attack it? Um, and there... Um, like I said, there really is a different kind of mindset going into it than something like that QA process. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, um, for example, um, there are certain types of vulnerabilities, like let's say uh, I've built a shopping application um, that has a remote code execution vulnerability. And that what that mm-hmm. means is that um, I can execute a program or script on your server by taking advantage of this flaw. So I can essentially... Um, mm, okay. Get, you know, run something on your server that you really wouldn't want me to run generally. Um, that's the type of issue that you may not necessarily find in QA. More more modern QA practices incorporate a lot more security than they used to, but there's still um, there's still gaps. You know, there's always there's still you know it's still very much a um, from a, a QA perspective and not much from a I'm an attacker. How can I actually get at you? Um, yeah. So you know, in this case, um, yeah. The, it would be, you know, let's say I found this vulnerability. It's um, a manner of exploiting it, Go, looking around, you know, the server, seeing if there's any anything else I can do, any you know, anything else I can exploit from there, getting what information I can. Um, and in this mm-hmm. case, you know, letting the client know what, what's going on with that, so they can get it fixed before somebody else finds it. That might be less, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they might have worse intentions than I do. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't ethical. It isn't ethical, right? <laughs> um. And you know we've gotten a couple questions lately from from our from our clients. Um, what are some negative side effects of a pen test, if any? Um, and and maybe just side effects. Um, you know, you know, during business hours or after business hours, can stuff happen when you're in there? Whether it's you're looking at their external IPs or internal IPs, it's definitely a risk. But in my experience, it's incredibly minimal. Um, there are. I mean, anytime you're kind of doing something, it's an adversarial, you know, testing practice. So there's always some risk that something's going to go down or something's going to be neg- negatively affected by what we're mm-hmm. doing. Um, mm-hmm. However, it I can only count, you know, one or two times where something has really been having a serious negative impact. And one of those times was um, it was like a test environment, and there was also a really weird design choice where the developers had a button where you could actually essentially delete the entire database in the web application. And so mm-hmm. it was like, oh. a, it was a really weird design choice. And so that one, I, I <laughs> don't really count, but it is a fun story. <laughs> so you delete databases. Uh, whatever possible. <laughs> yes. uh, make sure you have backups. <laughs> ethically. Ethically. Ethically, 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 deleted. Yeah. ethically yeah. delete. There you go. You Use know, ethically. Grass fed, ethically deleted databases. Well, grass fed, <laughs> grass finished. <laughs> so that's how we handle disaster recovery does tests right? How can we restore the yeah, data? I mean, so you were just helping that client. Yeah, that's all. Right. I'm looking at branching out into that field. Uh, <laughs> so, 
So if anybody Break wants to, uh, uh, so if anybody wants to do disaster recovery at the same time, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, realistically, there's the the issues are very minimal. Um, there, there's not okay. there. I would definitely say that if you're looking to do a pen test, and there are times that are particularly mm-hmm. sensitive, like let's say that you you know patch every Wednesday at you know two p.m. or something, um, that might be a time where you you know if you're organizing a test or planning a test, that might be a time you say, hey, can you just not you know run anything on the network during these hours? Um, yeah. Or if you know there's mm-hmm. like just any particularly sensitive operation that might require you know servers to be running completely optimally, um, you might want to kind of block that off. But I've done a bunch of tests at a bunch of different times, um, mm-hmm. and even you know even ones during you know normal office hours, I've never had anybody come to like have any serious problems. Um, you have to okay. modern devices are pretty good at handling a lot of this stuff. That wasn't the case a, a long time ago, but <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's really good. That puts our um, our listeners at ease. Um, mm-hmm. I would guess that there is more side effects if a business doesn't perform a penetration test. I would say, yeah, I would be much more worried because even like as far as you know, counting the side effects to like the types of side effects you get out of a pen test, the the biggest risk you've got is like for some reason a host like being completely destroyed, which is not really going to happen unless you've got a mm-hmm. completely careless yeah. pen tester trying to exploit like denial of service vulnerabilities mm-hmm. or like certain types of exploits not doing any research on on what they're what's going on um that's mm-hmm. um I, like i very I've, I've never seen that personally like out of all the people i've talked to in this industry like i've never heard of that mm-hmm. actually happening but mm-hmm. like theoretically it can um mm. and uh but i mean even even then like overall getting a test like you could like the same could be said that um it would be almost better to have that. God, this is gonna sound weird, but even even if that did happen, almost better to have somebody you trust doing that than having some some random yeah. person that's just poking around the internet. So, <laughs> ideally, you want to find a test yeah. that's professional yeah. and identify those things, and then also not exploit them yeah. <laughs> if it's going to cause actual mm-hmm. problems. But also so that you can fix them. And like I said, that's generally how things go. You know, you identify something yeah. and then it can be fixed instead of somebody nefarious actually doing something bad. Right. Right. That makes sense. And then what are some of the, the biggest risks or holes that you find, um, you know, in your experience of pen testing and, um, and, and can someone be a hundred percent buttoned up? Uh, well, nobody is a hundred percent buttoned up. I, it's, it's kind of a, a, perhaps a cynical take, but I always view, um, kind of, you know, information security and hacking as like a, it's, it's only a matter of time. And while that's not necessarily like strictly true, I mean, you, it, it from a theoretical sense, if somebody was given enough time, they mm-hmm. could theoretically compromise any system, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say that the biggest risks I find overall, especially for smaller organizations, which is who I primarily work with, um, a lot of times they expose way too much to the internet. Um, you kind of think the mm-hmm. like that's kind of like your front line, if you will. And so, the more kind of holes mm-hmm. you allow in your front line, the more you know places there. Um, they might, the more like spots there are for you know somebody trying to attack you to find a gap or a way into your network. So really, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the yeah easily one of the biggest things I can find. Also, one of the easiest things to fix too in a lot of ways. Hmm. That's great to know. Great to what, know. What what's like one of the most common problems you find? Um, network wise, I see a lot of times um, uh, systems using default are really weak credentials. So you've got some admin account yeah. that's got a really you know really weak password. And I, I focus on those a lot because that can be one of the easiest ways to compromise a system and get further in. So I've got one, there's one case in the past where 
um, I was doing a test and I found this one. Um, it was a, it was a, uh, it was like a, um, management system that essentially managed other systems, you know, like essentially you could run scripts, um, on other systems from this one piece of software. And, uh, Mm -hmm. they, um, they had, it was like, in this case, it was just a, it was just a test, right? So they weren't actually, you know, using it for very many systems. They were just trying it out on a couple places, but, um, because of that, they hadn't locked it down at all. They hadn't gone through any of their processes for, you know, making sure passwords were changed and whatnot. Uh, so I, you know, got in, you know, using default, using a default, uh, admin account and, you know, the default password for that account. And, uh, I was able to compromise the, the underlying host just because now I got into the system and could run whatever scripts I wanted through this, uh, application that was running on this host. Um, and so that, yep. you know, that'll give you a really good foothold on the network. Um, if you get something like that, you know, it's like, it, it, it's just a really quick and uh, easy way in if you're coming for, at it from a attacker's yep. perspective. So change passwords. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Passwords, change passwords or go to passphrases, <laughs> right? Or now even store, you know, the random hexadecimal passcodes and phrases that are, you know, yes, there's, you know, Chrome does it, Safari does it, Keychain to do it, or use KeyPass or something, right? Whatever you yeah, prefer. Password managers. Um, that's a big yeah. recommendation. Password managers. Use a strong master you, password. And you should remember your passwords. No, really. They're, you know, I mean, really, you should, you know, use your touch ID, finger ID. Well, that'd be the same thing, but face ID, um, <laughs> or have a master password and go through all yep. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, just, mm. just remember your master password and then, um, no, don't even think about the rest. Just get a real strong password <laughs> there. So are you saying not to put my password on a sticky note on my desk? You know, the funny is, part is oh. I would actually say that's way more secure than a lot of practices for keeping passwords that I've seen. <laughs> wow. We should do another podcast on passwords. That, yes. We'll do a yes. password podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we know about passwords. Now what's, what's like a fun, you know, I don't know. I feel I, you're like, you're like a private investigator, James, right? You're digging in, you're in the trenches, you look at this stuff. What's like a, oh boy issue or what's kind of a, something interesting that you found there's, in your years of ethically there's hacking? There's a lot of, oh boy issues. And the, the definitely the feeling of when you, <laughs> when you get a, a good finding is, uh, yeah. it's very, you feel very elated. And then you feel kind of sad because you shouldn't be elated because you're going to have to tell somebody essentially some bad news. <laughs> now, luckily, it's so they can yeah. fix it, but it's still like, I, I shouldn't be happy. Yeah. I shouldn't be as happy about this as I am. Um, but no, I think some of the, the most fun vulnerabilities I find, uh, shockingly frequently, are in, it's in, uh, it's a web application vulnerability. Uh, so that means that, you know, I, mm, in this case, I'd okay. be testing, a, you know, some, uh, somebody's like, like, use the example earlier of like a shopping website. So something like that. Um mm-hmm. In this case, uh, I find a lot of um, what, what are called privilege escalation vulnerabilities, where essentially you can come into this, you know, come into an application as a normal user, and you can kind of mess with web traffic in such a way that I can make mm. myself an administrator by, you know, making certain calls to, um, you know, depends on the depends on their uh, the structure of their site, but you know, essentially making certain web mm-hmm. requests. Um, a lot of times they're not protected in protected properly. And uh, those are really fun to find because suddenly I now have an administrator account, and uh, I can do what I want. <laughs> wow! <laughs> At least within the whatever the administrator is allowed to do. Wow! You have a good contract, don't you? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Mm-hmm. Now there is now to to that little caveat I threw in there. I mean, yes, when we do a penetration test and we work with James and James works with our customers, you know, there yes, there is a level of risk and we go through that risk and we help make sure your customers you understand, listeners here, you understand what their risk looks like and get windows we're comfortable with to to perform the test. Yeah. It's very, very rare that anything would happen. But you're right, you gotta prepare yeah. for that. Yep, definitely. Yep, definitely. Um you know, and as, as we go through here, I'm thinking of like, you know, what we always like to give listeners some actions. And I know you've written out some really good bits and pieces here, and I think we're going to go through this. But what can listeners today, what can they take back to their organizations? And now that we're all cloud, I mean, we're we're recording this in the cloud. Everything's in the cloud. We're not even real anymore. You know, we got a metaverse, which that's scary. Uh, I didn't want to go there. That's a whole other podcast. Only the privacy episode. So, what, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Here, we'll, th- we'll just throw the curveball in here, James. One, two, three. What does your gut say about the metaverse? Oh, immediate negative reaction. But <laughs> <laughs> run quickly. Yeah, pretty much. We had to Facebook. <laughs> okay. A long time ago. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, I say deleted. It's like as if they're not keeping that data somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's a giant data machine. So yeah. Yeah. No, we know that. Um. So what are some actions our listeners can take back? You know, what, what's your recommendations as an owner and as a pen tester and a professional that folks can take back to their businesses to um, prepare yeah. for a pen test? Yeah, so let's say you're, you're kind of starting to think about a pen test. I definitely would recommend kind of figuring out what your, you know, security maturity level is. Like, are you completely new to, like, thinking about security as, like, a, a business need? Are you, you know, somewhere in the, you know, middle maybe where you started thinking about that stuff, you started putting some resources into it, Um you know, like if you're, if you know, well advanced, you've probably already thought about these things already. Um, but you, you definitely want to kind of determine that because that is going to inform the pen test and kind of the approach you want to take. Um, and, and that's okay. going to bring me into kind of my second item of, you know, determining what the goals are for your pen test, right? So kind of take that information from determining, you know, where you're at security wise and figure out what you really want out of the test. Like, are there certain areas you're particularly worried about? Are you just trying to figure out generally where you're at security wise? Um, like, and if, you know, if so, maybe you, you know, and from there you can take that, you know, dial in the scope, right? If you're, if you're brand new, you might want to have a super small scope, uh, you know, super narrow scope just to figure out what exactly, you know, those, those really, really critical areas and figure out what you need to work on in those areas before expanding it. Right. So you can have like, mm-hmm. let's take mm-hmm. a network test, for example. Um, a lot of times I'll do tests that include both, you know, external testing and internal testing, um, Mm-hmm. That external testing is generally much much smaller um, than the internal testing. And when you're first starting out, if you've not done any security work at all, a lot of times people benefit way more from that external side than the internal side. Because yeah. I can tell you that if we do yeah. both, we're probably going to find a ton of findings if you've never thought about security before. And that can be kind of overwhelming. So a lot of times it's you know let's, it, it's best to take that higher the highest risk area and focus on that first before we go into the things where we really shore up your defenses. You know that that defense in depth type stuff. Um, yep. Yep. Goals are big, like anything, life, business, family, anything, right? Um, where do we want to go? Because, I mean, you can, the sky's the limit. I mean, you can test things, anything with an IP address, you can and test. And you can test for hours and hours and, you know, never stop. I mean, you can test forever. And yep. you'll, you know, you'll never find anything. I mean, the goal of pen tests are to ultimately reduce risk. You know, you're, you're trying to figure out as many mm-hmm. things as possible so that you don't have, so the risk of somebody else finding those things are much lower. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. And what about cost? You know, I mean, you don't have to say cost, but I mean, say scope budget. Let's go with budget, right? People have no idea. It's very ambiguous. What's a, what's budget? So 
set a budget and a budget set a goal and a lot of times um i know in my case i don't know about i can't speak for every you know every company i i've got some different business circumstances than others but um i try and make sure that my scoping is very flexible so you know if there's if you if you're limited mm-hmm. by budget um you know just it, this is my case just talk about it i say like hey you know just bring that up because like i said the you can essentially test for you know, for you know forever but you can also take that you know, testing scope, and like I said, narrow it to make it make sure it really only hits those areas that you really need to focus on, um, and then you can always yep. expand it later. I mean, you can always come back later and and do another you know do another test or you know maybe target a different area. Um, there's there these I, it's uh, best when these things are a little bit more flexible, especially when you're not as uh, familiar with security um, mm-hmm. when you're just kind of first starting out. Yep. And I think, you know, you know, we've been doing this for a while and, and Don as well it is uh, really educate the customers and the listeners of let's start small. So, you know, let's do maybe just a test for the cloud first. Okay. And then maybe go into the application. Okay. And then, you know, if there is an office location, then maybe we, we will go test that firewall. Okay. And then determine, do we need to go internal into the internal network or not? So kind of slow steps, kind of, you know, baby steps, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, this is this has been really good, James. You know, really, I think enlightened us. I always learn more when I talk to you. And no, folks, he's not in mom's basement, so that's good. You know, oh, excuse me, I, I'm in, <laughs> he's a little. I'm in my own upstairs office. Thank you very much. I only sleep in my own basement. <laughs> 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 it's nice and cool down there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. In the winter, you go up; it's warm. In the summer, you go down; it's cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So if listeners want to learn more, right. And, and have you kind of do a deep dive, how can they contact you? Well, there's a few ways. I mean, you can, if you reach out to Rob, it'll eventually filter its way to me. I, I imagine Rob likes talking to me. So <laughs> you can give him, we do <laughs> <laughs> also, um, you know, you can go on my website. Um, uh, that would be Tetsu T E T S U dot T E C H Tetsu dot tech. Um, or you can, you know, probably the most reliable way really is just to email me directly at uh, James at Tetsu dot tech. So J A M E S at T E T S U dot T E C H. Yep, yep. And we'll go ahead and put all that in the show notes down below so everybody knows how to click and find James in the ether. So definitely, definitely. Well, wonderful. Well, James, so much. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you for coming on uh, the Van Ryan Compliance Podcast. Don and I just really appreciate it. Yep. And uh, thank you for educating the listeners and letting people know it's, it's critical, you know, um, especially because. You know, the one thing we didn't talk about a little bit, we'll just touch on right now is everybody assumes the cloud is safe. I'm at Amazon, mm-hmm. I'm at Google, I'm at Azure, I'm here, I'm there. I, somebody sold me a, a cheap cloud and don't assume it's safe. It's going to be quick and easy, but it's not yeah, going to be safe. Definitely so. take care with anything. I mean, there's a lot of tools there for your security, yep. but you do need to be careful still. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And if you have questions, reach out to us. Um, obviously, here on the podcast, reach out at vanryancompliance.com and we'll chat and we'll figure out what you need and do a quick discovery call. Yep, definitely. Well, thank you for listening to the Van Ryan Compliance Podcast, the show that secures the future of your business with a clear plan to reduce your risk. Remember to subscribe or you listen to podcasts and rate and review so we, these tips and tricks can go out to more businesses so that we can secure. Thank you so much for listening. Exciting to see you next week.